The Pinball Network is online. Launching Free Play Pinball Podcast. Breaking news. I want a new pinball machine. I want news of a new pinball machine. Coming at you out of Jacksonville, Florida and St. Charles, Illinois is the Free Play Pinball Podcast. Here are hosts, Amanda Hamilton and Bill Webb. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Free Play Pinball Podcast. You guys, I am super excited, not just because it's February 28th and we have had a hell of a pinball week already and it's only Tuesday, but also because number one, Bill is back. Number two, it's our 21st episode. We are finally legal to buy those adult beverages we drink while we record. And number three, we have the most amazing guest joining us tonight. We have the Vice President and Chief Creative Officer for Stern Pinball, Mr. George Gomez. George, welcome. Bill, welcome back. Um, hey, guys. Um, thanks for inviting me on. Thank Long overdue. Us. Absolutely. And you've had a busy day in the office today. Kind of a crazy, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, game launches are always um, full of activity. That's for sure. And, um, you know, we're very, <clears throat> everybody's very excited. Great reception to the game. Sales guys are very busy. And that's, you know, that's always a great thing. <clears throat> and, and, you know, I mean, there's a lot of anticipation and anxiety on the team's part. And actually all of product development typically, you know, leading up to a launch. You know, because we're we've seen it, we've played it, we know what it is. Uh, we're excited about it. We want everybody else to be excited about it. So I think it it went off really well, and I think it's you know I think it's an amazing game. I think people are gonna love it when they get their hands on it. The um, game looks fantastic. It is. It's it's. I mean, it's it's so cool when we. It's an original story. You know, a lot of Jeremy Packer, Zombietti, and Tanya Kleiss. Um, and, and of course, Jack, they, they crafted this, uh, you know, this original story, uh, you know, Jeremy had played a big role, uh, not just in the art, but also in the crafting of the story, directing a lot of the creative. And, um, and so, you know, I mean, just like when you, it's, it's a lot, I mean, if you, the best way to describe this is it's, it's what I call a, a soft license. It's not a negative. It's just means that it's a license with a lot of, um, a lot of opportunity and a lot of freedom to do things with. You know, the, the band has been very supportive and uh, it's it's a lot like making a monster bash in a way in that, you know, you, yeah, you have these universal monsters, you can do anything you want with them. And so so this was very much that scenario. You could do anything you want. You know, there were some I think Dave had some some definitely had some ideas, some things that he wanted us to pursue. And, you know, the van was one of them. Right. The van um, mm-hmm. you know, the notion of, you know, hey, we had this. We had this van, you know, with with one door that belonged to a different van, and <laughs> we drove around in this, and you know, that's got to be a, that's got to play a role. So, I think the team took it to heart and said, okay, you know what? It's uh, they're going on tour. You know, there's this alien overlord dude. Wait till you see the uh, wait till you see the toys, and um, and just just a, a lot of the stuff that's coming around it that built to extend the game and extend the experience. Um, uh, which you haven't seen yet, and uh, <laughs> that stuff is 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 awesome. I I know from the teaser video that was released today, just before the game went up for sale, you could obviously tell that it was Jack that was demonstrating some of the features in the game, which I yeah. I absolutely love that in general because you know he's passionate about this product, yeah, and and you know that he's excited about it. I know his social media has been blowing up about how excited he was and how grateful oh, yeah. he was to have such an amazing team. Yep. But I love that 
a lot of people credit Jack Danger for teaching them how to dead save. Mm-hmm. And with him having that little out, the uh, the drain save yeah. there, I think that's a really cool kind of nod to the fans who say, you know, hey, you taught me this important thing about pinball. And I mean, he's one of the people that actually was a huge influence on me getting into it. Jack Danger was a very big influence just because he was so positive about it and he made it fun. He made it fun yeah, to watch. He's, he's I mean, fun to talk about. Yeah, he puts himself into it. You know, I mean, he mm-hmm. he pours all of himself into it. I think that you know he he's he's done a great job with that playfield. I think the playfield feels very fresh. I think mm-hmm. there are some you know some really cool, very simple things in the game that have much bigger impact than they would you know if if you, if I described them to you, you'd say yeah no you know, big deal, but, but in the context of, of what they did with it, it's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really cool, simple things in there. And well, I, it's not I his think... first game either. Um, right. But it's, yep. it's his first full size it game. It's his first it's, cornerstone though. Yeah, yeah. It's, and honestly, you know, for all intents and purposes, it really is his first game because the, the, the challenges are a lot different, you know, when you make a cornerstone than just the notion of the three price points and, managing that architecture and plus just the the level of complexity is so much greater um the challenges with the home editions is different the the challenges with home editions is how do you create something that's compelling and elegant with almost nothing and so 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 in in essence the home editions require more creativity but the, the uh cornerstones are just so much work uh the volume of work is is uh, just exponentially greater just the complexity of managing the three price points that in in and of itself is a ton of work well not only that, that but the packed. the animations as well because you're starting from scratch you don't have anything oh, to, to use i'll tell you what you, you you nailed it the um chuck ernst group just killed this i mean wait until you see the depth and and just the just the sheer number of these things um, over the course of the next few weeks, you're going to be seeing a bunch of content drops from us that show off making of content, and it's going to blow your mind. I mean, it's it, the, the making of content, uh, Chuck Ernst group, nobody's touching this. Quantity of work, the depth of it, and, and how well executed it is. Just the, the amount of polish that's in this thing, it's over the top. It's just, it's awesome. In some ways, I almost feel like the animations and getting all that stuff lined out is almost the hardest part of this game because you don't have like you know uh, Star Wars. I mean, you know what they they were so they were. It's a simple storyline. It's not a very complex storyline. The alien overlord, you know, is trying to dominate the the Earth by you know controlling music, and the Foo Fighters, of course, are going have to counter this, and they you know they move around all the different cities or a bunch of different cities in the country on tour in the van with all the stuff. And then of course they come together to build the Fubot and that, that, be, you know, that becomes the ultimate weapon against the alien overlord. So, I mean, it's a, it's not, it's not a terribly complex story, but the way they chose to, to illustrate it and evolve it uh, throughout the game is, is really cool and, and very, very well thought out. Yeah. I mean, planning that stuff and, you know, storyboarding it, conceptualizing it, laying it all out. A lot of Chuck's people, Jeremy, for sort of bringing the concepts to life and guiding that. Tanyo's, uh, I wish I wish I guided, but Tanyo keeps this uh, sort of development board of 
you know, on, on, on his computer of all the different, everything that's going on in the, in the, in the world of the game. I have to figure out a way to uh, make this one of the content drops because it's pretty amazing. And people outside of the business, outside of our studio, don't know because they don't, nobody else does it this way. And it would be pretty awesome for people to see this because it, it really, it really speaks to the level of thought that goes into the games and the level of the complexity of execution from all the different bits and pieces. You know, everything from, you know, the sculpts that represent the art and the art, the concept art that, that, that drives that. And then the mechanical integration of the sculpts and the evolution of the sculpts into the into the animations. I mean, it's just it's it's a ton of stuff. And yes, 15 Foo Fighter songs. <laughs> That's Which a, is crazy in itself. Yeah. 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 And I see, Bill, I, I would almost take the opposite approach. I think that it would be a little bit more fun artistically. Granted, it has the chance and probably did at some points grow legs, but you're working with an engaged licensor who is allowing you that freedom versus something like George Yormo's recent game of James Bond, which you have finite amounts of assets that you can use and you have to make those work for your modes, your callouts, your multi-balls, et cetera. So you're very limited. You can't call Sean Connery and say, hey, Sean, can you come in and record, you know, six yeah. hours of stuff because it's he's very, not with us anymore. Yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, it's, look, it's different. Um, I think I've said this before a lot when I've talked to the community on different on different shows and stuff, but every license is different. And, you know, you do the best you can inside of the constraints of the license. Some have much tighter guidelines, much tighter control than others. Um, I think it's a combination of things, right? It's when you get a license or the trust, trust your skill and your ability to execute in your medium, that goes a long way. And, and so it's not to say that you can't work in a different you know and work in other environments we have you know we right. have look we have the blue chip portfolio of licenses no one else it, i'm not even talking in pinball let's talk about toy companies video game companies movie companies let's talk about anybody you want nobody has the cross section of licenses that that we've executed on over the course of the last you know what is it i think we have we have 20 some spike two titles and of course licenses precede that right, right. so yeah. you, you talk you're talking about you know, you know the walking dead led zeppelin you know godzilla <laughs> now I mean, you can go back to avatar right? Transform. you know it's like yeah i mean just just the the breadth of ghostbusters right the breadth of licenses acdc i mean it's just mm -hmm. um so we worked with everybody and we've worked hard ones, easy ones, medium ones. I mean, we've worked with some of the best, right? We worked with Lucas, we worked with Marvel. Um, those guys are- Toho, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, so every one of them is different. Every one of them brings different brand constraints. And, you know, we, we have to be professional and we have to be, we have to execute well. Tough licenses don't scare me. I've, God knows I've had enough of them in my career. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know that they, they, they definitely present challenges right you, you definitely have you know you present challenge they, they present challenges and and so i think foo fighters in that we got the freedom that we got is uh it the games really show it you know the games the, the game really shows it but you know what i mean one thing that to me too was especially with uh, the pandemic and what we all we everything that we've been through the last few years um, supply chain issues, you know, games used to be a lot more frequent, frequent, uh, releases, but I mean, with everything that's happened, I feel like when a new game gets released, it's even more special now 
Where before it was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, you know, let's wait a couple months and we'll see the next game. But I mean, even now, we, like they are more special. You know, we've been even through the pandemic, we released three cornerstones a year through uh, almost a pan, uh, the, the entire pandemic. The only reason we we went to two last year, and I think we're in two this year because and and two is a misnomer because you're going to see us do lots of other things, uh, lots of other special that are not, you know, things that are not new, uh, you know, like a new cornerstone, for example. But the, the only reason we went to that is because of the number of back orders that we have. We have limited production capacity, like anybody, you know, we, we only make so many pinball machines every day. And when when the, the number of back orders gets to be what it is, you know, you start, you start thinking, we got to do something to fulfill these orders. And so, so that's the only reason we're in you know, two cornerstones. We were in two cornerstones last year. We we're in two cornerstones this year. Yeah. I, because of that, I don't. You know, there's no there. Um, you know, we'll be, you'll see us back on a on a three cadence, but we need to. We absolutely want to fill these orders. We, you know, so there. I mean, there's people waiting on all kinds of games. Godzilla's, Deadpool's, you you, you name it. The, yeah. Um, yeah. Stop making good games. You, you won't know? have that problem. You know, it's it's just as simple oh, as that. that we're, we're blessed. We're blessed, right? I yeah. mean, it's like, I mean, I'm very proud of the studio. I'm very proud of how hard those guys work and the success that we've had. But, you know, it's like, look, I, I'll tell you this right now. The, wait till you see the next one. <laughs> My accountant does not like yeah. you guys. I'm I mean, just going to let I, you know. I've, I've played them both. And, we, you know, yeah. it's like that, that one's going to blow your minds. <laughs> so, wow. so. And the other thing that's going to happen this year is you guys are also planning a move, which might impact yeah. uh, production a little bit, I'd assume, right? yeah, or yeah, no? Yeah, it, well, it does, but we're good at it. Um, I mean, we're the last time we moved, when we moved to this building, I think I, I just heard the story the other day. I, I mean, I lived it, but I had forgotten this, that they shut the line down on a Thursday. And the following Tuesday, they were building sub-assemblies in the new facility. And, the, and a week after that, they were shipping product, full product. Wow. So it's pretty impressive. Uh, it's like a military operation. Uh, you know, Ray Tanzer, you guys know Ray Tanzer, pinball designer. Yeah. And did a lot of a lot of amazing stuff at Gottlieb and Premier. Um, ran Stern Pinball's uh, development studio before, you know, when I was a consultant to them, uh, late 2000s. And Ray is vice president of special projects, and he takes on stuff like this. So right now, Ray is up to his ear in... In, in planning the move and the orchestration of this thing. It, and it's like a military operation. You gotta have all your, all the lines have to be set up. Everything's gotta be ready to rock in the new building so that you can actually do this transition of material and people. And he is tied up with getting contractors uh, lined up to do all the work that needs to be done, getting approvals and, and working with the city and working with the new landlord. I mean, it's just like, it's a massive operation. Um, well, and, and to think about it, going from the building that you guys were in before to the new one, I, if anyone's ever been, you know, I've been to the to, to your factory, which is just yeah. insanely, you know, massive. Yeah, it's um, 110,000 square feet the way it is now, and I think it's going to it's two buildings. I think one's 160, I think the other one's 40,000. Um, huh. The woodworks building is you know it's going to have all the wood production so it's it's just i mean it's it's a massive effort but i mean we look we're on top of each other and we're out of we're out of space we had to do it no choice mm-hmm. and i think to take you know to take the company to the next level 
is is essentially uh, the executive team. We sort of work in ten year cycles. I mean, I, I know that's hard for everybody to wrap their head around, but <laughs> but but you need a strategy, right? You you need right. the very first thing you do is you need you need a strategy, you need goals, and then after that you need uh, a plan to execute on those goals, right? So this is pretty much what we've been executing on, and and so now you know the we finished the the ten year cycle about a year ago, and you know we said okay, what you know what is what are the next ten years of the company look like? And what is, you know, what's the growth arc of the company? What's the product development arc? Of the, what are the features and things that we're going to introduce and, and, and where are we going? And so it begins with that. And part of that effort was, you know, let's satisfy some of this demand, some of this pent up demand, some of this, back, you know, these back orders, et cetera, grow the company in new areas. I mean, it's, it's 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 an exciting time for us. I I actually am curious about that because I ironically enough I had an executive level call today where we're looking at our growth and and predictions for 2030. Yeah. We're the same way. We do 10 year cycles as well. Yeah. Let's let's take a a little time travel back. Expo yeah. 1999. You're giving a speech over the weekend at Expo 99, knowing that Monday you might not have a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then 2009. You were consulting for Stern at that point in time still, correct? Yeah, I started, um, right. So the, what you're referring to is the speech I gave at Expo where I anticipated that Williams was going to get out of the pinball business. And I famously said, you know, Gary Stern's going to be the last man standing. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he was. And he was. And then um, I got a job working on video games, console video games, Xbox and PlayStation stuff at Midway Games. During that time, I was approached in like early, I want to say in 02 or something, I was approached by Ray Tanzer to come in and, you know, hey, would you mind doing games on the side for us mm-hmm. as a consultant? And I, you know, I went and talked to the company. I said, you guys have any issue with me working? I said, no, yeah, we're out of that business. You do whatever you want. Just don't let it impact your day to day. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I started doing, um, you know, it was during that time that I did, you know, Sopranos, Lord of the Rings. Batman, The Dark Knight, Playboy, I did all that stuff. Uh, and those are the games I did during that as a consultant to the company. And in 08, I had just finished, I think I just finished Dark Knight. And Dark Knight was just about to hit the assembly lines and, and things started slowing down. You know, the, the, the world started turning upside down um, in terms mm-hmm. of the economy and stuff. And and uh, actually, it was 07, I think, that, that I finished Dark Knight. I can't remember now. I'd have to go back and look. But I believe you know, it was released in 08 based on my notes. Okay, I have I have a know. cheat sheet tape next okay. to me. <laughs> All right. So it was 08. So in December of 08, you know, the economy uh, crashed with the Lehman Brothers recession, the beginning of the, what, what would become the Lehman Brothers recession, right? And yeah. so as Gary calls it. So Gary says to me, he goes, hey, you know, I don't know if we're going to make it through this. So I, I don't. I don't have another project to give you. And I was like, okay, fine, no problem. So the same thing was going on in Midway. Midway, where I was employed nice. full time in December, uh, in December of 08, I was out of a job because, you know, the Midway, Midway went bankrupt uh, due, to the, due to that same recession. So, you know, you know, I find myself completely, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out of work. I start talking to everybody I know about, you know, side work here and there, et cetera. Um, eventually, one of my... I, t- I start taking on a lot of consulting work, and one of my consultants becomes an employer, uh, meaning the good people at Incredible Technologies offered me a full-time job, and and I was like, you know what, I, I think I'm going to do this. So, for a, for a couple of years, I 
I helped them, you know, they were, they were trying to get into the slot machine business and I helped them with that. And it was during that time that, that, uh, Gary went and found Dave Peterson, a partner to help him get Stern, Stern pinball back on, on track. And so Gary called me in, I think it was 2010 and he said, Hey, we're putting the band back together. And uh, Dave Peterson wants someone to come and run product development. And he says he wants somebody that's going to come in here and build this thing and all this, you know. And so I was like, I'll talk, you know, let's let's talk and we'll see, you know, we'll see where it goes. And that's yeah. where it began. So in 2010, I had commitments to incredible technology, so I couldn't go there right away. But I I was sort of, you know, I told people, I said, it's kind of like, you know, when you hear about a gang leader running a gang from prison. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like that. So I called, I called Steve Ritchie. I hired Steve Ritchie. I, you know, I, I told Gary, I said, well, you need some, you know, you need, you can't have one. You need muscle. Out. You need muscle on the yeah. outside when you're running a gang prison. And, Borgie and, and I said, you can't, you can't do that. You can't, what you guys want to do is we eventually, because the, the, the plan had some formulation, even at that stage, the 10 year plan, the beginning of the 10 year plan had some mm. formulation. And so, and, and it, you know, it had things like, you know, you, you need a cadence in game delivery. You need, you know, you, so you say, so, okay, you're not going to do a cadence in game delivery with one guy. So you need to get another guy. So I started putting all of this together and, and we started when I walked in the door, I think there were nine guys in product development. And, and today I have 50 internally and probably another 30 externally. You know, um, so, um, so, it, you know, it, the, and the company has been very self-funded. And what does that mean? It means that it's, it's a lot, our economy is a lot like your personal economy. Um, I can't, I can't buy things I don't have the money to buy. I can't do, you know, I can't extend the business in directions that I can't support. So the growth arc of the company has been ab- absolutely coupled and linked to the success of my studio. And I'm very proud of that. You should it's be. It's kind of like, you know, it's sort of like the attention to the things that we had to pay attention to, you know, the notion of you got to make profitable product. You got to get the product done on time. You got to make the product compelling, most important of all, right? So right. you got to do all those things and you got to do them, you know, you have to be consistent. You have to be all of those things. And we're, and, and we are far from perfect and we have, Every day I go to work and my staff and I, we, we try really hard to fix the problems that we have. We've had growth problems. We've had, we have quality issues relative to the speed of our growth. We have all kinds of issues that we face every day. And, um, and I'll, all I can tell you is I'm hyper aware of them and I'm doing my damnness to get some of this stuff under control, right? So, I mean, it's just, it. look, it's, that's the real deal. The real deal is we're, you know, we're a self-funded company. Money doesn't grow on trees. Every decision, every, you know, you want a new building? Guess what? That new building costs money yep. on the new building, you know, but yeah, but at the same time, it's like you say, you do the calculus and you say, oh, but if we want to do the things we want to do, we have to be able to produce this number of games. We have to be able to deliver them this way. We need improvements. There's another group of guys that's focusing on how do we improve the channels that get you games? How do we, you know, how do we focus on a better game experience coming out of the box? 
you know, I want 100% of the games to come out of the box and not need anything, not have any issues. I want the notion of a person that's not in pinball to be able to deal with a new pinball machine. And yeah. right now, you know, that, you know that, <laughs> right now those are challenges. Those are big, big challenges, yeah. right? But, 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 but those are some of the things that are on my plate relative to the next 10 years, and I'm going to fix them. And yeah. I think that that's a testimony into itself. So I was very nervous, full disclosure, I was very nervous um, about you coming on just because, and, and I found this very ironic, you are a household name in the pinball community. And I found it very funny because Bill told me, he said, you know, hey, to calm yourself down, watch <laughs> Tilt and and kind of see the human side of George. And I'm like, okay, well, me being the goofball that I am, I don't just watch things. I took notes. I took two pages of notes while I was watching Boy. this. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have questions. Um, and I did my research and, and I found it funny because at the beginning of that show, which by the way, for our listeners, if you have not seen tilt the race to save pinball, or, you really to save pinball. Need, or the battle to save pinball, I yes. apologize. I'm reading one thing and saying another, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. I very much encourage you to see it. It's a great testimony to the survival of pinball. It's a an amazing testimony to, George, to your perseverance through this. I mean, you have literally been kicked in the teeth multiple times in this industry and forced out of it through no fault of your own, economy issues and companies closing. And you came back each time like a phoenix, like you rose up which I think is huge. But I I think the part that I related to the most that really helped calm me down was at the beginning, you said that you walked in after applying for your first job in pinball and you were thinking of people like Pat Lawler and Steve Ritchie as the royalty of pinball. And and you true. almost had this like, <laughs> this true. all about you. And now you are that person. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can tell you because... Bill will tell you, I have no issue oh. introducing myself. I walk up, I introduce myself to any and everybody. I am very grateful of this community. I am very grateful of how approachable everybody who works in the industry is. I have no issue whatsoever reaching out to a number of people and saying, hey, we've never met, but I would love to talk to you. And you're one of those ones that I've always been very nervous to because like, they're here <laughs> and why. you're like, you're up here. So I, I think part of it though. I don't. Like, I don't, um, I don't think of it in those terms. I mean, I'm, I'm, you've been very complimentary. I, I try to do the best I can with, with every day and with all the stuff I do. And, um, and, you know, I mean, it's, I'm blessed that I've gotten the opportunities I've gotten, right? So mm -hmm. it's, it's like, you know, you, you have to, when somebody gives you opportunities or when opportunities present themselves, you have to take them, you have to expand them, you have to, you have to right. live them, you have to, and you, you know, it is your responsibility to respect those opportunities by giving them everything you have and making them and trying to do something with them. Right. Um, and so, so really, honestly, I, I think of, I don't think into some of those things. I basically, I just, every day I just try to do my thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, well, apparently you're effective at it because we had Jeremy Packer on, mid of last year right after Godzilla came out and he made the comment on our episode that the only reason that he returned to pinball after some of the adversity that he faced in his career through other companies was because you personally reached out and asked him to yeah I mean you know what I 
part of my job is to sort of build not only build the studio but but build the next generation of guys that are that are going to extend the game right and and so i i'm i'm happy with the guys that work for me this is for the most part this is a studio i built meaning yep. you know i made those choices i need to go after this guy I need to nurture this guy. I need to involve this guy. I need to grow this guy who's already here. I mean, it. Just, so that, that's that's what I see. That's part of my job. That's that's a much that's actually a much bigger part of my job, and a and a bigger responsibility than than when you see me design a game, right? It's like look, right. I've designed twenty some odd pinball machines. I don't know, twenty two, twenty one. I forget what it is. I give those everything I I have, but it, but at the same time, that's a in some ways that's a much more that's a much more controllable challenge in, in, right. in that, because I've done it numerous times and, and I've managed to, I'm proud of the portfolio that I've built of the games that I've built. And I have been successful with a, a wide variety of collaborators. So I'm not, you know, I'm proud of the fact that, you know, I've had different guys next to me um, to help me build those games. And I've, and I've brought, I've, I've managed to achieve success with the myriad personalities and partners that I've had in executing on these games. And, and, and I've said it many times, these games are not a one man show um, okay. by any stretch of the imagination. We like to highlight, you know, the designer, et cetera. But the reality is that, that every guy that's worked for, with me has essentially, you know, extended my power they've they've made me better they've made the games really i'm you know i and i've worked um i've, I've been lucky i've worked with some of the best uh you really have <laughs> i have yeah. and, and and they're you know it's it's always a challenge right i mean you know one of my dear friends you know uh lyman who's not with us anymore right he was also one of the most challenging partners and and so you know we we did we made great things together but it was tough work it was really tough work you know it's like every it's like anything else it's the mixture of personalities mm -hmm. and and that chemistry is uh is is really the thing that you have to manage when you're in these projects i have very experienced guys you know guys like borg right who or he is a machine you know he's like yep. <laughs> and and then i you know and i and you know and i have you know guys like brian very experienced a, a, a broad breadth of experiences right brian has been successful making video games he's been successful making mobile and social games he's been successful making pinball machines so he brings a breadth of experience to his work um i have you have that new kid too that you hired from california yeah. that i've heard yeah. is kind of good at pinball the most you know it's like the guy that made the most complete the most amazing <laughs> garage shop game you've ever seen right <laughs> so yeah. you know like people and people say to me you know like how did you know i said well <laughs> Clearly, you didn't see what I saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he, he and I sat job. down and talked for hours. Yeah, you know that yeah. type was pretty damn, pretty damn finished. You know, so oh. I mean, you have that, and then you have, and you have new talent, right? You have Jack, who has yeah. a tremendous amount of energy, has a, a, a passion for the for the game, knows how to play really well, and you know his his learning experience, his the arc of his 
thing is completely different from the arc with Keith. Both of those guys came in and, and you know, different personalities, different skill sets. And so, you know, my ability to coach the team, so to speak, you know, is, is different depending on who the player is. I think, I think coaches will tell you that, you know, I mean, I think a guy, a guy coaching a basketball team with diverse talents that has, you know, this guy can do this and this guy can do that. And yet you have to coach them both. And, and I think, I think that's part of the work. That's, that's really part of the work. Yeah. I also think too, though, and, and I'm going to go back to tilt because like I said, there was just, there was so much very, very interesting eye-opening stuff on this. You had mentioned how when you guys were working on Pen 2K, the teams were siloed. And and I'm not talking like, oh, I can't tell you this. It's a secret. I am talking oh, like there Wars. was a sign on the door for the people working on Star Wars <laughs> yeah. where you didn't get to go in there. Yeah. And and I, you weren't I, allowed I to talk only, about it. Right. I was the only one that did get to go in there from the other team, so to speak. Right. And, that, and was, you had, that was that particular – let's not – yeah. So, so I, I don't consider it a standard, but I do think that 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 was kind of an interesting experience because now I hear from the Elwins and from the Borgs and from Brian Eddy and from, you know, all of the coders, you know, the different coders that you have on your team with these various levels of experience. You have Dwight Sullivan, who has been doing this since dinosaurs roamed the earth. Love you, Dwight. <laughs> and then you have Raymond Davidson, who sometimes finds time to update codes in between winning as the number one player in the world. You know, I, yeah, I just a little thing. <laughs> yeah, that thing that he does. Yeah. on the. I still want to know if he has one of those I'm number one foam hands that he walks around in front of Keith every time he goes into the office. But I think it's very interesting that you have these dynamic personalities and this amazing background. And there's not a. I am a mechanical engineer who has been doing this for 30 or 40 years versus I'm a guy who was essentially a social media, almost an ambassador, but I read these comments through my streams and I got the feedback and now I'm applying it with a completely different background. You don't silo them. You, you encourage yeah, that collaboration. You know, our, what I've tried to do in the studio is I've tried to build the studio, all the good things from all the studios I've worked at, and I've worked at a lot, and, and I've tried to purposely uh, avoid and uh, not do all the things that I consider were bad things. And I think, you know, at Williams, there were seven street gangs. Every, every development team yeah. was a street gang, and then, you know, and you had the two big gang bosses, Lawler and, and Richie, and, you know, the, the sub-street gangs were somehow aligned to those allegiances. And and I think that um, I didn't care for that environment. We don't need seven ball popper designs. We need one. Right. So, you know, the I think that – I think what I've tried to do is I've tried to build a collaborative studio where everybody's success is everybody's success. So it's kind of like the guys – you know, I'll tell you what. The studio – wanted Foo Fighters to be successful. The studio wanted uh, Godzilla to be successful. The studio wanted James Bond to be successful. It's not the team. Yes, of course, the team lived it, breathed it, fought it, fought every battle. But the reality is that you're never going to, you're never going to find somebody uh, not helping somebody. And, and more often than not, you're going to, you're going to find the kind of collaboration that says, um, hey, guy working for the other team, come in here and shoot this thing and tell me what you think. And that that collaboration. Yeah, that's fantastic. 
yeah, that collaboration is real. And, yeah. and so you get, you know, you get our, our success is the studio success and the studio success is the company's success. The right. reason, well, the reason that, you know, I told you the company was self-funded. Yeah. My studio bought that money. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I mean, the paychecks come from the same account, whether yeah. you're on team A, team B, yeah. you know, I just, when you said that about the, the street gangs on tilt, all I pictured in my mind was West, West Side Story. Yeah. No, and I could see Lawler and Richie going at each other in a full dance off there with. Well, I, I think I think I think it's just it it was the times and I think it was the place and I think there was I think that and I think management you know I think management encouraged the competition. The problem is that sometimes the competition gets a little out of hand and yeah. and you know and so I so I my feeling is, you know we made I mean look they made amazing games we you know as the as the Williams Electronics development group made amazing games it it's just it was a different environment from the one that that i've built i'll, I'll tell you that for sure and, and i don't you know i'm sure that i and i don't mean to be talking out of school i'm just telling you that my perspective my own my own opinion is the strength is when those 50 guys pull the rope in the same direction and i i think the last 10 years is kind of you know, it's kind of proven my, my thought process out a little it, bit. It, it shows. Absolutely. It definitely shows. Yep. And you know what? Going going back uh, for one second here, in, in that one video, you mentioned where, you know, uh, Richie sold 15000 so Pat wanted to sell, you know, 20000 and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like now, more than ever, instead of it, oh, well, my game outperformed your game or whatever, it's everyone's game is performing and that's all that matters. doesn't matter what the... Mm -hmm. It obviously matters how many you sell. The 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 success of every game matters. Yeah, we still we still have we have the, the shared resource teams. There are still competition. There is still essentially some some inherent competition when you need more of this and you can't get it because they're still tied up in the other in the other project. There you know there's guys asking for resources that I can't give them because they're still associated to another project, etc. So. It's not like, you know, it's it's not some sort of it's not malicious uh, anymore. No, it's, about it's not game. a la la land. Everybody understands yeah. and everybody does what they can. And, and yes, everybody is very interested in making their game amazing. Um, it's just that I'm, I'm not I, I'm also interested in making your game amazing. Yeah. You know, so it's so I. I work with every one of those teams. I critique every game. I work. I get involved in 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 all kinds of weird stuff that it's like you know, you know. Here we are with Jack. You know, let's pick armor colors. You know, you got ten guys standing around going, "What should we do with this?" And and I, you know, I'll jump in. I help the Jurassic Park guys with the make the dinosaur eat the ball. I you know, so we see different things, and and that's the excitement of my job honestly that's the funnest thing i do the funnest thing i do is is when they call me in and say you know what do you think about this and um and even more fun is when they call me in and they go you want to see something cool yes that conversation goes downhill as soon as soon as somebody says you want to see something cool the answer is always no <laughs> you never want to walk into that room your also, job is to be cool to the mind if i was a betting man and, you know, rewinding the clock and saying, okay, Jurassic Park is coming. Do you think there's any chance that a T-Rex is going to eat a ball again? I would say absolutely no way. You know what I mean? So the well, fact that it did it again, 
Well, and, I, it, and, and my, my feeling was you can't do a, a Jurassic Park game without it eating the ball. Yeah. So, so the day that, you know, they kind of shuffle their feet into my office saying we're kind of having a hard time with this. What do you think if the dinosaur doesn't eat the ball? I said, oh, no. That's no, not acceptable no, no, at this no, point, no, though. No, no, you don't understand. The dinosaur must eat the ball. That's all there is to it. The, the, you know, and, and it's beyond that. You can't do it the way they did it back in 1993 because that's just not cool enough. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, you got to do something. This thing's got to look like an animatronic, and it's got to throw the ball around, and it's got to do all those things, and that's all there is to it. And so they were like, well, we don't know how to do this. I mean, uh, they didn't quite say that, but they said we're having, we're struggling with, you know, we're struggling with this, this, this. And I'm like, okay, all right, let me help you out. So, I think that, you know, that's collaboration, right? That's absolutely. And I think, I, you know, if had they gone to see uh, somebody in another team and I, and and they would have had the answer to the problem, I think those, I think somebody would have given them the answer to the problem. I don't. Yeah. Think there's, you know. So it's a different world, but and I think it's and it's not it's healthy it's not perfect. Say yeah, it's not perfect, happy land every day. We we face lots of issues, lots of problems, lots of struggles. We still have personalities. We still have, um, but you know, it's like, you know what? When when I I get Mark comes in and says, you know what? Those two guys aren't on the same page. And it's great. Let's let's get them in a room. Let's let's talk this through. It's it's like I don't want I don't want to deal with down the road i don't want yeah. those guys to continue to have a problem and then you, you know uh you get to a place where that problem they're having becomes everybody's problem and and so you got to deal with it so the last two things that i will bring up from tilt and bill's gonna yell at me for this one is number one i encourage everybody to watch it because your hair was fantastic <laughs> My hair is short now because I'm, you know, I'm 67 years old. So it's just, well, I feel funny with, although, you know, I, I do, I have a friend, uh, old girlfriend says to me, you know, you should grow your hair again. Like, yeah, like, Does she see the video? I mean, it was, it, I actually text Bill last night and I'm like, am I allowed to ask him about his hair? And he's like, no, yeah. you are not. I was like, come on. The other thing that I, that I happen to notice though, and I kind of have glanced at it as you've moved your arms around as we're talking because as our listeners know we do record while video um is running you had some really awesome watches are you a watch guy oh, yeah, i'm a watch guy yeah i'm a watch guy yeah. <gasps> what do you have on right now i'm this, getting into watches so i'm curious this, this was a christmas present for my girlfriend uh a few years ago uh it's an um omega speedmaster racing it's nice. Um, nice. I'm, I have a couple of Speedmasters. I have this one. I have one other one. Uh, yeah, I'm a watch guy. <laughs> nice. I, I'm going old school. I am rocking my G-Shock tonight. But yeah, um, yeah I, I, you I, know, I look at everything, right? So I look, I, yeah, I've been staring at G-Shocks for a while. I had one years ago. <laughs> They're kind of fun. I was very much against them for a while. And my husband was like, well, let's go look. Let's go look. And, and again, I wash my hands consistently throughout the day. So the water under the band is just oh, yeah. a gross feeling for me. So I right. prefer metal. But I yeah. lean towards wearing this. And then I'm also a Disney nerd. So Citizen has recently released a villain line of Disney watches. I and I have I, <laughs> I have all of them. I think you got to have it. 
It's, I have all of them. It's, it's sad. <laughs> yes. Um, no, actually, I take that back. They just released Cruella Deville, ironically enough. I don't have that, but I have the Evil Queen. I have Maleficent, and I have Ursula, and they are fantastic. I channel them when I go to work. It my watch is based on the meetings I have that day, so it's really nice. I but I thought that was really funny. Cool. I, the, 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 I, I don't remember what I would have been wearing for the tilt photo, tilt, tilt video. <laughs> I just remember watching you in different different pieces of it, whether it was gameplay yeah, scenes or game. you had different watches on. So I thought that was yeah, really cool. It's because I talk with my hands, right? <laughs> it happens. We're all guilty of it. I'll, I'll pull it up tonight and I'll send you a picture, George, of what <laughs> I was, in the video. It was fantastic. Yeah, I wonder what that was back in those days. Yeah. I, I can watches. tell you it wasn't like a Casio. I can tell you that much right now. <laughs> I, have a, I, I have a watch collection. So it's a, when I got this, uh, she when she gave me this Speedmaster, um, her name is Julie. When Julie gave me this Speedmaster for Christmas, I I was like, I thought, oh, my God, I, I, you know, I, it, it's too nice. I can't wear it. She goes, no, no, you have to You better to wear, wear it. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's. It, I mean, it's got battle scars. It's definitely, it's like, I have to remember to take it off before I dig into a pinball machine. It's really right. common, you know, you're, you know, you're working on a game where you're, uh, look, you know, something's going sideways on a whitewood and you're like, I'm going to raise the play field to deal with it. And I'm like, oh, I got to, I got to take off watch the around. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Sometimes I don't, sometimes I forget. And so it's got, it's got plenty of pinball scars. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So I don't have so, the watches. I had, I have a three year old in daycare. Then I have pinball machines. That's 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 all the that's, room there is for hobbies, right there. Right. You know, <laughs> and a seven year old. Um, I yes, and and it, it's a, it's a luxury that I can afford. I'd have no kids, so. It's I, um. I, yeah. I think about There's the a reason and, I I don't I have an have. Omega because of that. So. You know what? Real quick, if you don't mind, I want to jump into one question that kind of popped into my head while I was thinking about this today. Let's rewind down Dirt Road if you can. Yep. Pinball 2000 never stopped. Mm. Where do you think the platform would have gone? Do you think it would have stayed the course, or do you think they would have had an original and a Pin 2K? I mean, this is just spitballing, you know. Yeah, so the original, I mean, when when I pitched it, I didn't, um, you know, I didn't imagine that it was going to re- completely replace Pinball. Um, the company was of the opinion that it had to replace pinball as we knew it. Mm-hmm. So I never, I don't think I ever envisioned that it was only ever going to be pin 2000. I thought that we could do a lot of things with pin 2000. And I thought that, I also thought that just like traditional pinball as we know, or pinball as we know it, I shouldn't say traditional pinball as we know it has evolved. I imagined that pin 2000 would evolve. Um, you know, there were going to be, you know, there were going to be technology evolutions. I mean, think about just the form factor of the game and the fact that we could do we could do that whole thing with an LCD, with a, with a flat panel. We could do lots of, you know, I mean, you could introduce another set of mirrors and completely change, the, you know, radically change, you know, the experience. So, I mean, I, I never, I thought, I thought, hey, here's, you know, here's a direction. It's a direction for now. I, I never imagined it to be you know, stasis forever, et cetera. I always imagined it, you know, a line of pin 2K and a line of traditional product. And, and um, you, you fill both markets. The company didn't, honestly, the company was so impressed with the concept that felt like if it's going to, if we're going to change 
if it if in fact it's going to be um, a paradigm shift, then this is the you know we're, we need to find out. And and so they put all their eggs in that basket. I think that quickly, while it sold more than we than the games we had been selling up until that point in time, it didn't turn the clock back five years, which is what they were hoping it would do. Yeah. Um, and and I think I also think that I somehow. You know, in in my heart of hearts, I believe that the die was cast long before. I think that they they had been doing the calculus. The pinball di- division, I think I've said this before, but they were sustainable at the numbers they were doing. Um, but that wasn't enough because the the company didn't what they weren't interested in in you know spending thirty million to make four. They, they that just didn't make any sense to them. And and the the slot machine thing, which they you know, which they they played completely to the hilt as as much as they could and and made a lot of money with it, um, was a way more attractive financial proposition than than the pinball division. It was a business deal, you know, it was a business deal. Look, I I have a you know, I have the perspective that I have right now, and I know how much I have. I know how much. Uh, real world compromise I have to do to make to make the business grow to make the business uh, perform. So I understand I, I you know the the decisions we tend to imagine them as emotional. They're not emotional. They're emotional because you are emotional about the things you create, the things you build. Yeah. But but the business decisions are they made a business decision and that that's what they did and that that's the reason. That pin two thousand doesn't exist today. That the company doesn't exist today. They said, you know, if the pinball division consumes thirty million dollars in 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 if it's that's what if that's what it costs us, then the profits from it have you know at the end of the the revenue has to be more than thirty four million. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at the end of the year, right or whatever, whatever. I don't know what the numbers were, but um but that was the that was the point the point was i'm going to i'm going to roll the dice with this 30 million and i'm going to get a 100 million re- uh, dollar return not a 4 million dollar return or 10 million dollar return it's not it doesn't make sense yeah well honestly the transition now from you know back when that happened to to today i mean your perspective from going from one to the other i'm i'm sure you're just blown away it's, it's mature you know it, my perspective is it's it's the um, you know it's the notion of maturity, right? It's like you know it's like it's kind of like there was a moment in time when the most important thing, uh, the only thing that I would that I had to concern myself with was how do I make this game fun? You know, worlds the, my world's way more complex than that now. <laughs> so it's kind of like um, now I have I have a bunch of guys in my studio that I've empowered with the notion of you know I, you just focus on making it fun. And I'm going to keep you from, you know, going in the ditches. We're going to, you know, we're, I'm, I'm going to drive you to cost constraints and time constraints and performance constraints and reliability constraints and manufacturability constraints and all that stuff. And we can still do this. And that's what we've been doing. Right. That's that. And that's what I, I think that when I look at the other efforts, I don't think they've managed to put all of that together. Um, and so I think that I think that I see, you know, I see bits and pieces of what's required. I don't see the full thing. Well, and even 
even some of our previous guests, and I'll go back to Jeremy, he had made it, Zombie Yeti, he had made a comment of, if he didn't have a deadline, he wouldn't get it done. Mm-hmm. He would go back and redo it multiple times, over yep. and over and over, because he is his own biggest critic. His work is beautiful. I'm sitting here staring at my pinball room, and I've got, you know, Godzilla and Deadpool sitting behind me. I've got a Turtles banner, a Deadpool banner, a Godzilla banner, you know, a Ghostbusters playfield. Like, obviously, I have decorated my house in the fashion of Yetis. But then you also have somebody like Keith Elwin, who when we were asking him, you know, well, what would you do with no bomb? And he said, honestly, I don't want that because where's the fun in that? Where's the challenge? Yeah, I mean, look, creativity comes from the sandbox, from working in the Absolutely. sandbox. When you take the constraints of the sandbox away, you know, you're not being particularly creative. Um, you know, S- Steve Jobs famously said in his second, it, you know, sort of after his return to Apple, you know, one of the things that he had figured out was that real artists ship, right? Yeah. And prior to that, you know, uh, it was all about the art and not about, you know, sh- a shipping. And for a long time, I mean, for a long time, we had that phrase up on the walls because, you know, real artists ship. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah. Well, and we see that now, I think, as a community, as, as this hobby is continuing to grow and expand, and the demand has has sustained. I mean, we sustained it through COVID, when everybody was locked down and a lot of individuals were furloughed. We are sustaining it still to this day. You guys sold out of Foo Fighters in, like, five minutes yeah. this morning. It's it's the, you know, the... Um, it's FOMO. Yeah, I've said, I've said before that... We run the studio with a lot of discipline, and we do. Mm-hmm. And and I think that the notion that that creativity and discipline are um, uh, opposing factors is um, absolutely false. You know, I think that it is that discipline that allows us to be successful. Yeah, we've we've taken a trip down memory lane, present state. Yeah. You recently won the Harry Williams Award. Congratulations. Yeah, surprised the hell out of me. <laughs> so I full disclosure, I, I'm actually on the committee. I, was like, I didn't even know that it existed or Yeah. <laughs> yep. And and I think it's kinda of cool too because we've done two of them. Last year was Dwight, this year was you. I, yeah. I'm on that committee and I got to count those votes. Those are write in votes. There is not a pre select of hey, pick your favorite. Those are all write-in popular votes. And when I saw your name on there, as I'm calculating, because I tally it up, I send it to a co-chair. They tally it up to verify, you know, hey, make sure she's not skimming anything off the top and send it back. And I was just like, this is so, like, how deserving. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that, you know, my name is even remotely associated to Harry's. Um, You know, Gary Gary knew Harry because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Gary... Gary's father and Harry were partners at one time. Uh, Gary's father bought Williams Electronics from Harry's. And Gary's got great stories of um, Harry and Sam and Gary uh, on the floor of a hotel downtown Chicago when Harry would fly in to show games to Sam. And, you know, they've got the, the, the Gary's got great stories of, you know, the, the play field rolled out on the floor and they're talking about stuff and then they would go out to dinner and Sam would have some concern and and magically in the morning there was the new play field with the fix and and the implication was 
Harry knew what Sam was going to complain about and ask about. He says, Gary says, no, we went out to dinner with Harry, and there's no way Harry went back and actually drew this thing. He knew. <laughs> in the hotel room, right. And That's and awesome. So, um, yeah. So I, but I, I, I told Gary, I said, I don't know. I don't know, Gary. I, you know, if, if I was Harry, I would have been, I would have gone right back. <laughs> made the changes to the drawing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, depending on where the dinner was and how much of the right. um, the yeah. libations were flowing, yeah. just represent yeah. it with different right. lighting. <laughs> so well, I it, thought that... Go ahead, Bill. It, go, it goes to show just the dedication and passion that you have, though. I mean, Absolutely. I met you, uh, well, you know, uh, I don't know, eight, nine times. years ago now? Something. I mean, it's crazy yeah. to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean... You've always been a passionate well, just, person. You just, you know, you you do what you do, right? You you just, uh, you want it to be right. It's going to have your name on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I don't just think it's, I don't just think it's that dedication to your product. So, and you probably don't realize this, but my daughter actually, my daughter is eight. And she told me a few weeks ago, she said, Mommy, who made Deadpool? Oh, was that That you? was me. That. that was me. Oh, you made so, my day. That was oh so amazing. Oh, my gosh. She that was so, so excited. She's I actually all. Yes, yes. And you replied. And, and it just, that meant so much to me as a mom. Because, like, my eight-year-old daughter. Well, tell, you the know, audience, tell the audience a story. Yes. Yeah, so no this, this, was, this was actually <laughs> super, super cool. It actually brought a little bit of a, a glimmer to my eye on it. So we're hanging out at the house. And we have seven games currently she's not a big pinball player but she loves deadpool loves deadpool she was very upset i will say she was very (laughs) upset i got to play keith elwin in it at expo for flipping the script on autism by the way he cheats (laughs) nobody scores that high on a game in real life he cheats but i digress so she was telling me she we were playing pinball and and i was playing some godzilla and i said baby come play with me she goes mommy i want to play deadpool Okay, so we're sitting there. She plays it for a little bit. She kicked my butt in it. And afterwards, we're sitting on the couch, and she looks up at me, and she goes, Mommy, who made Deadpool? <laughs> and I said, well, baby, that was that was Mr. George Gomez is the guy who made Deadpool. And she goes, do you know him? And I said, well, I don't know him, but I, I'm friends with him on social media. And she goes, will you tell him thank you? That's my <laughs> yeah, favorite game. made my day. <laughs> and and like- it. I actually snapshotted that, and I've shown that to some people. Yes. <laughs> so I did post it on social media, and I tagged you on it. And probably within like 15 minutes, you would reply back, and you're like, thank you so much. That's very flattering. You know, oh, my God. Yeah. And that was awesome. That was awesome. Tickled. Oh, my gosh. She saw the post, and she's like, oh, he replied? And I'm like, yeah, baby. Yeah. So tonight, when I told her, I said, I said, I get to interview Mr. George Gomez. And she goes, Deadpool? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, mommy, can I stay up late? I'm like, no, no, you cannot. So she, she did want me to tell you, you are her favorite pinball designer. That's awesome. But she was absolutely tickled that you replied. She doesn't get into it too much, but that is one game that she is very, very dedicated to. And it just definitely, uh, definitely entertains all ages. I've seen lots. I tell you, I have a collection of photos of little kids playing Deadpool uh, that that people send me. Like they send me like, you know, little kids standing on a crate playing the Deadpool. (laughs) Yeah, I'll have um, to see if I can find it. I have one of her. um, I was sharing with the the guys on the team because um, 
we had a lot of fun making that game, and uh, I think it shows. It's such and a we had a lot of, and you know, we had a lot. Marvel, Marvel was great. They gave us a lot of freedom to, to you know, sort of be who we are, do what we do, and um, and it shows. Yeah. Uh, she she loves it, and it's kind of neat too because with the megalodon, with capturing the megalodon tooth. So we live in a coastal community, and there are megalodon teeth that wash up on our beach all the time. And I have not found one yet, but. She always jokes, well, at least you can get a Megalodon tooth on the gate, Mommy. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't deal with you, kid. So that just, it, it really did mean a lot, though, that you took a few minutes out of your day to reply to that post. Oh, wow, that made my day. Like, that just, yeah, I, that, saw that, I saw that post. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, she, was, she was so excited about it. So thank you for that. But I think that just adds to how deserving you are of that award because oh, you take that time. Know. I think, yeah, that the the award took me by surprise. I didn't, I wasn't even aware it existed. So I was, um, and I I was flattered, you know, my name associated with Harry Williams. Oh my God, you know. Well, um, like I said, that was that was all right in popular votes from pinball industry awesome. individuals, from influencers, from content creators, from the general public. So that was not a, a hey, pick one of the three and go I for the name it. you recognize. So congratulations on that very, very well undeserved award. I hope that crystal is displayed proudly in your office. I am I am flattered. Yep. Awesome. Well, you've been in this for so long, you know, and multiple times. I mean, it's yeah. definitely deserving, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, there's been uh, definitely uh, definitely a few um, you know a few starts. That's for sure. You know, so, peaks and peaks and valleys, right? Or uh, yeah. Yeah, peaks and troughs. Yeah. So looking at the future now, we were talking about ten year plans, and you know, ninety nine was kind of a rough year going into two thousand, and then two thousand nine, we're kind of in a recession. Two thousand nineteen, we didn't realize the world was getting set to shut down on us, but things stayed good for pinball. And now you're looking at you have back-ordered games because people are willing to wait for your product, which is not necessarily a bad problem to have, you know, it, it, no, to an we, extent. You don't want to overextend yourself. We don't, yeah, we have a number in mind that we like in terms of back-orders and anything over that number we really feel we have to get down to. And it's not a very, you know, we have, the, the problem is the number of back-orders we have is so much greater than the, than the number that we like to have. The, the number we like to have is a functional number. Meaning that you, you know, you want product in the channel so that people can access the product. You don't ever want a dry spot. And and so, when I say we have a number for back orders, that's what we, that's what I'm talking about. Um, the the problem is that it's exponentially greater than that, and we have to do everything we can to fill those orders. I think that one of the things that's telling about the 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 influence that pinball has had in, in, in consumer markets. And we still have a big commercial footprint. We still have the biggest commercial footprint in the world. Um, but, um, but the consumer footprint is larger now. And, and the influences that had has had on the future of pinball is remarkably impactful because of the fact that every one of those photographs of little kids playing pinball means that these kids have grown up with pinball in their homes yep. and they consider it a part, a normal part of entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so as they grow and, and you know, when, when it's not going to be this odd, weird thing that they discovered when they went to college, it's going to be a thing that they grew up with. And that in essence guarantees the future of the game. 
Well, and it almost has to be though. Yeah, because because the arcades aren't there. Yeah. Yeah, but but even you know, I mean, the like the look the 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 commercial market came back after COVID with a vengeance, and we you know we still have. We, I mean, we are putting more games in breweries and barcades, and mm. and I mean, it's just, it, I mean, the sales guys are doing a bang up job with. Every time I turn around, there's a new brewery opening with a with a pinball game room. Pinball and breweries just is a great is a great fit, and pin caves are great, yeah. Yeah, and so so you have, you know, you have a lot of that going on, and 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 we hope to grow that market too. Right. I mean, it's like the the limitations. You know, it's like we're fixing the production limitations. We're, you know, we're fixing, you know, we're trying very hard to fix the quality limitations along with that. We we're, um, but I think that the one thing that, you know, we're very focused on, on, on sort of impacting is um, the, the notion of the channels by which you can acquire pinball, right? Yeah. Because um, when you look at major metropolitan markets, there, there are many that, don't have the kind of presence in terms of, you know, touch, feel, and play, and buy. Yeah, um, the area that I'm in doesn't have it. Yeah, so I think that, you know, that that's a part of the growth of the future is yeah. improve the channels, um, make it make it easier to find and get pinball machines, make the out of the box experience a better thing. You know, it's 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 a lot of stuff like that. And I think you've done that because we we came into this hobby probably six years ago with my husband saying, what if we get one? And I'm looking, I'm thinking, you know, Aladdin's arcade in the mall. And now how many do you have? And now how many do you have? (laughs) We're down to seven. We had to make room because we don't have basements in Florida. Um, (laughs) But and those are not our original seven, sadly. But it was one of those things where it was like, you want to put a what where? you know, you want to put a pinball machine in our house and my mind automatically went back to the eighties pinball machines that I played it, the, you know, the pizza parlor slash ice cream shop slash bar at the little beach town that we stayed in every summer that was to hell. And we started looking and I was like, this is actually really cool. And we did, we bought a star Wars and we put it in our house. And then we realized that there is this phenomenon called ball hogging. (laughs) <laughs> just because you can have four players playing a game does not mean you can have four players playing a game at once. My yeah. husband is a ball hog. So we bought game two <laughs> and then we made some new friends and we said, Hey, come over one night. We'll play pinball. And they're looking at us going, Oh my God, we met nerds. And I'm like, no, no, just come over. You know, we'll order some pizza. We'll drink some beer. We'll play some pinball. They are on yeah. machines. Number three and four now. And they have new friends that have gone to their house now and their kids are saying, mom, can we get a pinball machine? And it's, it's just really you're, funny. You're to now watch. a pinball influencer. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and it's funny too, because we were joking at the beginning of the call that I don't turn my camera on at work on a lot of my meetings in my office. I have two machines that sit directly behind my desk and I accidentally had my camera on the other day and they are, they are not stern machines. They're uh, from a different manufacturer, but somebody looked at me and they go, is that a machine based on such and such theme? And I'm like, yes, it is. And they're like, well, what's next to it? And I told them, and they're like, I didn't know they made that. I'm like, man, you should, what else do you have? So we did a tour of the pinball room. And everybody, you know, this is an executive level meeting. But come to find out, we have a game in our hospital because we have a children's oncology unit. We're associated with an oncology hospital. And they use it for diversion therapy for children who are in there for long stays. 
It helps with strength. It helps with coordination. And it takes their mind off of things. Yeah. And just watching those kids' faces just, oh, yeah. you know, it's it's so cool to see the preconceived notion and then putting somebody in front of those flippers and just watching it take them away. Yeah. It's such a cool thing. But I am curious how you guys are going to sustain all of your awesomeness because, as you can see in the background, we have the topper of the Mandalorian. Yep. Coolest topper ever. Mm-hmm. Keith was mentioning that the topper for Godzilla is close to ready, if not done. I'm just yeah. curious, has legal approved the use of lasers coming out of Godzilla's eyes yet? Because that's about the only thing that's going to make that cooler than what we already have. From oh, this man. Topper. Uh, we have, uh, yeah, we have, well, we have laser experience from, uh, <laughs> from Star Wars. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Or not, not Star Wars, uh, Star Trek. There we go. We we had a Star Trek, so that's a cool show yeah. too. Just don't have Dwight code it. He'd probably blind somebody. Oh, oh dear God. Yeah. True. Yeah, we had yeah, we have laser experience from Star Trek. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Going back for one second, so you guys are located in Elk Grove, Illinois. Yeah. Um twenty years younger than you. So growing up in Wooddale, mm-hmm. there was I was in Wooddale machi- today. I had lunch in Wooddale. Osties? No, Italian place. Uh, well, Marinos. Uh, yeah, yeah, yep. that's okay. Marinos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bill knows all the places to there. eat. Yeah. yeah. But it was crazy because uh, one of the first new games that came out when I was, you know, riding my bike was Terminator, right? Then literally the place next door, they got an Adams family. Then a year later, that game came out and a Twilight Zone came in, right? Uh, there was a 7 Eleven down the street that had a whirlwind. You know, it was, it was everywhere. And then all of a sudden, you know, those places went out of business and it was crazy because then pinball seemed to just not exist anymore, you know, mm-hmm. and then getting back in the hobby, it was like, okay, you know, my, my pinball kind of stopped at twilight zone, you know, maybe, yeah, you know, no, I take it back demolition, man. That was kind of where it stopped demolition, yeah, yeah. man, Jurassic park era. The business uh-huh. was like right around twilight zone. The business was slowing down. Uh, when I when I started in, at Williams in '93, things were soft. They were softening, and so the, and 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 clearly, the the titles that we made over the the next you know nine years were titles that in you know five years prior would have sold three times the number they sold. Oh yeah. Um, and so it was just simply a matter of time. You know, bad timing. Uh, you know, certainly bad, you know, bad timing on my part for sure. <laughs> you know, but, but I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, it, the, the, that was a different, you know, the, I think, I think the difference is that commercial environments that, that pinball, that have pinball in it right now, they, it's like, they don't depend on those earnings. Um, mm-hmm. those earnings are, uh, supplemental at best right they're part of when you when you see a a, a wall of pinball machines in in a brewery you know they're they're about selling beer that those pinballs are part of the you know i i call it you know i i call it the wallpaper meaning that they're decoration they are they're part of the decoration the uh, because they 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 speak to the experience they don't speak to uh necessarily the revenue right yeah. so and 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 which is absolutely perfect for that environment because it, it does, you know, it's, it's about the experience. It's not about no one, you know, it, 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 so I think that the, um, the pinballs hold their own, but they're not, you know, the focus. A, yeah. It's not. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. But you know what's crazy is, uh, so I have these experiences in my head, you know, riding the bicycle down the street, uh, two blocks away from Reno's, by the way, you know, playing playing these games. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I live in a, not a rural area, but it, it's not, you know. He's in not a rural a, area. There's deer, there's dirt roads, there's large lawns, lots of four-wheelers. That's true, but it's it's fine. Um, yeah. But I think about, like, uh, kids in my neighborhood that would never have the chance to experience this. So, you know, we'll have neighborhood parties and all the kids, you know, can we go downstairs? Yeah. And they just, you know, break right. the machines, you know, have fun. Yeah. We, we can fix them because yeah. you're not going to get to experience this. And right. uh, one of the true testaments was uh, somebody that we uh, do some work with. You know, he's like, hey, you know, what are you into? Blah, 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 blah. And showed him a picture, you know, pinball. And, you know, it's my kids. And uh, he's like, you know, it'd be really, really cool to get a pinball machine. Um, this was a couple of years ago. So then uh, he wound up buying a avengers for him and his kids you know for him and you know the yeah you know transition was the kids yep. and uh of course now they're looking for their next machine and they were like you know can we come over and play pinball and it was hilarious because this was a uh, friday night his two kids they were here for two and a half hours and they jumped on every single machine and they never stopped playing you know it, it just crazy it's that's so awesome monster bash or monster bash was uh one kid's favorite and medieval madness so yeah, yeah. Both, both amazing games um yes. both games that both games that appeal to every generation um for a long time the monster yeah, i mean the the, the the monster bash in my apartment is right back there um is what yeah any kind it, it doesn't matter whether it's adults or kids, it, it, people gravitate to that game. Kids do like the the Pin 2000. They go to that because it's got video in it, and that's yeah. very familiar to them. And so, so, but yeah, those are those were by far the the two most popular games. And I oh, and yeah. I think adding to that too is in the limited number of shows that I've been to now, and the pictures and videos that I've seen of former shows like Expo, like TPF, like MGC, and Fantastic. You see a lot more kids now. Yeah. And they're not just, oh, you know, you don't see them doing this. They're not on their phone. They're walking up. They're carrying their steps. I love watching the kids with the step stools. I think that is the coolest thing ever because they're walking around with their, their noise cancelers. They pop their steps up, step I, stool up and go. Uh, I'll tell you what I saw that, that, that beats that is I saw a little girl walking around with um, uh, her QR code for IC for Insider Connected. Yes. On a, on a laminated card, and and she was running around the show, like scanning in everything, you know, scanning mm-hmm. in every time, right? And so, yeah. I think that um, I I also believe, and I know this may be heresy to a lot of people, but I believe that the games we're making today are better than the games we made in the '90s. And and I I'm a guy that made games in the '90s and I made some of the best games of the '90s uh, or I made some 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 well respected games not the best but some of the some well respected games like Monster Bash uh, from the '90s and while you know will it will always hold a place in my heart uh, I will never get rid of it uh, if I have anything to say about it but um, but the reality is that I think that some of the stuff we're making today is is way more compelling and I'd much rather play it um, uh, for for any length of time than the stuff we made back then it's, you know just a different um it's an evolution of the game we love right yeah and it goes I, in cycles I'm, too when you don't when you have little kids and you don't have time to play 
you know, a Monster Bash or Medieval or even Adam's Family. Yeah. It's it's a nice quick game because I don't have time. Yeah. You know, it's Bill. I don't I don't want to hear your excuses. I have <laughs> over a thousand plays just logged into Insider Connected for myself. We have Godzilla. one child. Yeah. The, the I have my husband too. He counts. He can he I can do. take care of himself though. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm 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 very proud of Insider Connected, and I and I'm it's very so cool. I'm ecstatic that it it's blowing up the way it is. Um, and so I'm and I we have way I mean, I've said this a lot, and I'm saying sound like a broken record, but we have wait till you see what we got coming. We got way more cool stuff coming for Insider, um, and it's going to affect um, you know lots of different games in lots of different ways, and um, and that's that's one of the coolest things. I'm excited about it. So we have TPF coming up in about three and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. We know that we are going to have some really awesome personalities from Stern coming Mm -hmm. to hang out. We know that John Borg is going to be there. Uh, We know that I believe Jack Danger is going to be there. We know Ray Day is going to be there, but he'll be off in that one quiet room where nobody talks and they still focus on the lights. I'm I'm actually out of the loop on who's going. I haven't been paying attention. So I'm, um, I'm not sure. I know uh, on the marketing side, Michael Grant's going to be there. Um, I don't know from development. I think Mike Benacore maybe. I'm not sure. Mike Benacore will yeah. be there, and he'll be doing his challenges. Yeah. So if anybody who's going yep. to TPF runs into yep. Mike Benacore, walk up and challenge him. It's yep. a really, really cool experience. And, again, it just it speaks to the approachability and the interaction with the fans. He is Fantastic! I love Mike. Yeah, we just did. Um, you know, one of the things that I that I that I missed about developing games during the COVID time was that um, about three months before we launch a game, we used to do every every the the game teams would do whatever team was in the shoot to launch. We'd do stand around. Um, you know, we call them dailies, a uh, play sessions around the game that we were developing, and everybody would run off to do you know fix or finish or evolve or change whatever uh was determined from that play session to need work right and i really missed that um and i just did a stand around with the bond guys yesterday or monday yesterday monday yesterday yeah <laughs> yeah monday morning we did a stand around bond um getting ready for this next code release which is coming in a couple of weeks it's a great it's a great thing because you you're all experiencing the game together and you're all, you know, you everybody gets to talk about whatever, you know, you know, I we don't have all the all the gadget modes in there and the Q branch mm-hmm. thing is coming up way too much and it's making me crazy. The Q's ring. And so I was complaining to these guys, I'm like, you know what? I God, Jill St. John is making me insane. You guys have to we got we have to do something with this. So it's kind of like it's but it's a fun, you know, it's a it's it's a great fun experience to get everybody around it and everybody talking about it and you know what do we what do we do to fix this what do we do to make this better we got to finish this we got to get that get that at and you know it's we we're hoping to continue to do every couple of weeks we do a code drop but right but the standarounds I really missed we weren't doing them in COVID everybody had the games in their office and and we were not all in the same place playing the game together and and so I, and I think that you know I hope. I hope that that is coming more, you know, that was coming back more. Um, the Foo Fighter guys did a lot of that. And, and I think that I'm, I'm hopefully seeing a lot more of that happening throughout 
But so some I, of your I, greatest titles, though, literally started with, you know, uh, a slow burn as far as code goes. You know, and they might not have been perceived the best on release. I mean, look, I mean, try to get then, a, try to find out Stranger Things today. <laughs> oh exactly. my god, I want that game so bad. And that game, that game, those guys had a rough. Those guys had a rough start. Yep. Um, well, Ghostbusters we, we too. We knew, we knew it was, you know, like internally, we knew it was going to be amazing. Yeah. We just, you know, we just didn't have all the stuff in it, and we didn't have all the polish in it that we needed to have. You know, I mean, and that game is really fun. It earns a, a ton of money on location. Um, game is so beautiful. That upside down with that, the UV light kit. You know one of our, do you know that's one of our best earning games? I believe it. That believe game is it, phenomenal. Yeah. When I, I went to um, flipping out Zach Minnie's house for the pinball awards, and I was very, very fortunate. I got to assist in some of the hosting duties on that. And I played a crap load of stranger things while i was there because i don't have one nearby and i just that game's yeah. beautiful and it's so much fun but the other thing that well, i actually i think I, I think the good news is i think i think we're we're you know you're probably going to see them again from us um i can i, I don't know when but but my I accountant we're... does not like that answer george <laughs> <laughs> i think we might make some more <laughs> but but the other thing that we did was we had actually um Joel Ingoberth had been streaming from Triple Drain. He had been streaming um, James Bond, and he had brought it back to exchange it. And, Bill, I think that was the one you were playing last night. And we were playing it still very early in the code. I think this was you two playing Joel's? Ago. Or Joel's got one? Joel had a Joel pro. Ingobert. And we had an LE yeah. last night. Oh, yeah. ooh, you were yeah. fancy. So I was playing High a pro, flute. but I actually – yeah. And I actually – Bill, I had called you, and I'd also come home and told my husband. I said – I think we should pick up a James Bond. And he's like, well, he hasn't really played it much. He got to play it a little bit at Expo. And I'm like, the game shoots phenomenally. It is such a good shooter. It's a fun it's shooter. A, it's, it's a, fun a very shooter. fun shooter. We're, we're working on, like, one of the things that's bugging me right now is that I love uh, the combinations. And I love to make combinations. And, and so we're, not, we're not doing anything with them yet. And, and, it, and it makes me crazy because I'm like, I'm like, man, I just I just hooked together four shots and and the game didn't explode. Yeah. <laughs> but but those of us who have game, been around dude. long enough, it's it is it. Those of us who have been around it long enough to have seen other games in that same situation, who have seen, you know, man, this shot is satisfying. I just wish the points represented it. That's the easy fix. You can't change a shot layout once you buy the game. The layout is yeah. the layout is the layout. You can't yeah, really do happy. much to change I'm, that. I'm pretty happy with the way it shoots. Um, oh, it's so fun I, to shoot. I, I like um, I like those targets around the rocket. I find myself with two balls locked on a uh, on a premium with two balls locked. I find myself working those specter targets to get the most out of my multi ball, um, and I like stuff like that. It's a it's slow so burn. Awesome. I remember when Batman came out. Batman didn't have a lot of code, and people were no, Batman, a little. Batman was in the worst shape of any game that I've ever um, shipped when it shipped. Uh, there's no question. Bat Batman was also tough because Batman. So with Batman, we had we had a combination of problems. One of them was that we changed enough stuff on the playfield. We began life with the Dark Knight. And the, and the Dark Knight had one of the most, you know, what I think was one of the most fun toys that I've ever invented in the crane, right? Yeah. And we kept that, 
But when we created the turntable, we really added a ton of play complexity and not, not just, you know, not just the physical mechanical complexity. I'm referring to all the things that the game can do now. We have to generate things for, and we have to make all of those things hang together and do things well together. And so, uh, and throw in the added uh, complexity of, like Bond, we had crap loads of video. So, and Lyman was like really very, very uh, focused on the choreography of the video elements and the rest of the game. And so it, it just took a long time to get all of that stuff to his, you know, ultra high quality standards in terms of, you know, the video matches precisely the rule and the presentation elements and what you're doing with light shows and what you're doing with the sun, with the speech calls. So it was a very complex game to develop. Really yeah. complex. Well, that was the first time you guys had added a full LCD screen too. So I'm sure that added to a whole new. <laughs> yeah, it was actually this, uh, although we, we we debuted Spike the Spike Two and and LCDs on Batman. We actually shipped, um, I think it was Aerosmith. Uh, what shipped more complete um, in terms of the LCD than Batman, and it took us a long time to finish, you know, to to finish Batman. But Batman, the 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 thing that uh, really threw us. I mean, all of the elements that I just talked about, the reality was that it, it was kind of like we went into it with, oh, it's just a, you know, it's just an extension of the Dark Knight rule set. And we're going to polish it. And we're saying, that lasted about, you know, <laughs> that lasted about six months. And then we shit canned the Dark Knight rule set and, and went, you know, like pretty much turned the whole thing upside down. <laughs> but yeah. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm guessing the release date didn't really change a whole lot either. No, we did. We the, the release date was a real problem because it was like the company's 30th anniversary, and and we were tied up with all of the. You know, we got to do the 30th anniversary game, and and we did, and the we also invented the notion of the Super LE, and and those people needed to get their games, and oh my gosh, it was it was a lot of stuff. <clears throat> I am I'm really proud of the way the game uh came out and 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 the way it looks i mean i would those sles um i i i'm very happy with what we did with those uh, you know the special material on the on the decal sheets and the you know that have the they sort of have a relief technique that raises elements of the decal based on what the art is and it's like this polycarbonate this chrome polycarbonate so the it has just a, it's a very unique, very expensive, <laughs> um, very unique and very expensive look. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the topper with a bat signal. And I mean, we, I just had so much fun with all this stuff. The armor that that's a, that's a, that's a combination of a, a powder coat. So essentially I created a custom powder coat, you know, the, and I like the flake, the size of the flake, the gold flake on the, in that powder coat. I wanted that Remember those old 70s bass boats and drum kits and stuff? Yes. Like, so I called, you know, I called the powder coat guy and I was like, hey, did you know what a, remember what a, 
you know, and those old metal flake drum kits. Like, I says, yeah, and I says, you got a powder coat like that? And no. <laughs> like, Can you, you got to make a powder coat like that? You know? <laughs> so we, we took, um, like, those. So we bought the best, the closest thing he had. And the, and the vendor added more flake, which, which we, so we ended up with a, you know, with the, the, like we started with their recipe and then we added more gold flake. And then we added a couple of coats of, of clear because the first coat of clear, the thing looked like the, uh, the surface of the moon. So we're <laughs> like, okay, no, we got, we can't do that. Got <laughs> So it was like, I mean, just a lot of stuff like that. And, you know, I know I need gold leg bolts, gold leg bolts. We don't have gold. Yes, we'll get them. But we need them. <laughs> yeah. We need them. All right. And the cars so awesome. and the, the little helicopter and all this stuff. I mean, it's just a lot of stuff. The little bat signal in the back. But um, it's amazing now to find, to try and find any of these games yeah. around. You know, it's, it's, that's, yeah. you know, I guess where I was going with that, you know, I mean, just. You know, originally when it got released, people weren't as appreciative, and now good luck trying to find one. You know, it's yep. it's always a slow burn on some of this stuff that really yeah. ignites in the end. We're not. I look. I my name's on it. I'm not gonna let. And I and and Bond is a a really special project to me because I'm I was so into that particular Bond uh, growing up, and that that's my James Bond, and I wanted to. You know, I, I mean. I'm blessed that I got to do this. Uh, it was an accident that I got to do it, and I'm not gonna. Darn. Let, I'm not gonna <laughs> let it, you know, I'm not gonna let it be um, anything I'm not happy with. That's for sure. And I think it's, that speaks volumes too, from not just you but any designer. When designers are very satisfied with their work, because you're always gonna say you you know what was in your head versus what came out of the production line. So when you look at a game and you say. I'm not satisfied with this, or I'm very satisfied with that, or I'm really happy with the way that this turned out. I think that really speaks volumes when you do have that level of satisfaction, because you're going to be your biggest critic. I'm going to look at it and say, man, this is a really fun shooter. And you're looking at it going, well, you know, I'm, I don't really like this, and I'm ready to fix this, and I want to fix it. And I'm just like, I just like shooting it because it's so much fun. I'm not a point chaser, though. I'm, I'm not a deep into the rules type of person. I like to shoot pinball games because they're fun to shoot. Yeah. People ask me, you know, like, what, what do, you, what would you change about a Deadpool? Nothing. People Please ask don't, me, what, because what that would, game is so good. What, what, would you, what would you change about a Monster Bash? Nothing. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm happy with it the way it is. Uh, and, and so it's kind of like, I'm happy with Batman. Um, hey, I'm, I'm happy with, a, with a lot of them. I get there. I mean, there are some. I would say, you know, would I go back and do this or that? Maybe. Yeah. You know. Well, kind of wrapping up, because, George, you've been very, very gracious with your time. I know you've had a very, very long, busy day in what's going yeah, to be a very yeah. long, busy week, and we don't want to take advantage of that. that you have um, no idea. You have no idea. The, um, the, I'll tell you that this week I hit the ground running. Um, I, had a, I had an early start on Monday. Actually, it's been, it's, it's been going on now because last week – you know, we had last week we had the sort of the the we presentation the teaser of the teaser. <laughs> well, we had we, we present we present the finished game to the sales guys and give them talking points and bullets and, and you know, just kind of like thematically welcome, take them through the game. 
so you know there, we did we did that then we did you know and then we then we you know we um we we got involved with sort of putting a fine point on some of the talking point you know some of the talking points and some of the some of the press stuff and i mean it's just like one thing after another um monday i had you know i had i i started the day with the stand around um with the bond team then you know i then i i worked i did some i did some work with uh the foo guys uh, the foo fighter guys uh, that team on some of the marketing materials for their game and you know i mean it's just it's sort of one thing after another we're getting ready you know to get those games on the line so there's a bunch of interactions with engineering and manufacturing about about that stuff had a couple of ic meetings on different different things so it's just they're full days you know they're yeah. pretty full days um it, i don't i mean i love it i just uh it's just you still have to sleep though you're also human <laughs> they make, make it, today we had a vendor you know that uh, um same of the the uh, pizza place, Mariotti's. Uh, Marino's. Marino's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so we had a, a pizza lunch with a vendor at Marino's, and uh, with uh, John Copper and I, my, the guy was my director of mechanical engineering, and um, and then came back to the office for an IC meeting, which I, I only caught like the last 15 minutes of that um, with that team, and uh, yeah. So, so it's a full, full day. And then, I, you know, at, at like five o'clock, it's like, OK, I got to get in the car, drive home because I had you guys. And I it literally walked in. the I walked in the door at like 645. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw your message and I, I didn't want you to yeah. feel rushed because I know that just getting home from work and not even having a chance to kind of set and, yeah. and catch your breath. So I dropped, dropped my stuff and I opened a beer and then sat down. Nice. <laughs> Well, Cheers you know, to you, sir. Thank you so much for coming out. Hey, I mean, thanks honestly, for having me. Thanks for having me. Anytime you want to, any, anyone, anytime you want to talk about anything, just give me a shout. We'll work it out. Awesome. Right. Thank you so so very much, George Gomez. It's been an honor and a privilege to have you on. Yeah, um, everybody, if you have not done it yet, go online, check out the Foo Fighters, um, oh, yeah. the newest Stern game, Jack Danger, Tanya Kleiss, oh, Zombie yeah. Yeti. Oh, yeah. it, it's It'll get better. Doesn't fantastic looking. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Look out for Bond next couple yes. of weeks. Things are yeah. going to change. Next couple of weeks, Bond, you know, more stuff coming. And, yep. um, you know, just keep, I, I, we'll just keep shoveling it in until we get it there. There you go. And don't forget to make sure that you have added your Pinsider Connected, your Insider Connected. I don't know why I want to call it Pinsider Connected, but we'll go with it. Your Insider <laughs> Connected QR code to your Apple yeah. Wallet so that when you were at TPF, yeah. you can log in and get on one of those high scoreboards. They're really I cool. We are working on, you know, we're working on one of the insider things is we are working on an app. So it'll make it a lot easier for you to acquire insider and use insider. Awesome. Um, at some point in time, you will get home leaderboards. Yes. Clear. <laughs> and, um, and then there's a bunch of operator features coming, a bunch more player focused features coming. I'll give you a, I'll give you a clue. The next release from Stern Pinball will have a really cool, interesting IC feature. There you go. And it's free to add that. You can also subscribe to the Insider Connected um, 
just for the stories. I mean, you were talking about doing some of the deep dive interviews and stuff. The content on there, even if you don't have a game that is connected, the content on there is really, really cool. So I very much encourage all of our listeners, check it out. Check out these interviews, this behind the scenes. You learn some really cool stuff. And they're very entertaining. They're very well produced. We love you guys. We love the pinball, pinball community. And we love your enthusiasm. And we love, uh, you know, um, that you guys love us. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Bill, any parting words before we stick the lid on this one and call it a wrap? No, hey, George, thank you again, especially today. You know, with the new game day and then, you know, that is just incredible. I mean, if somebody said, hey, after working overtime and, you know, working two crazy days, we're going to, we're going to, you know, have you out for, you know, pizza and you're going to be like, yeah, probably not. But, you know, thank you again so much. Hibernate. So, not a problem. See you guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And for all of our listeners, check us out, Free Play Pinball Podcast on Facebook, freeplaypinballpodcast at gmail.com. Check out the other amazing content creators on the Pinball Network. There's always new stuff dropping. Have a wonderful night, and we will talk to you in the next episode. Thanks, everybody.